0: Hello. <laughs> this thing on.
1: Is it working? All right, guys. Welcome back to the S3 Mag podcast. Today, we are here with the founder of Grip Royal Wheels, uh, Scott Scott Allender. So, hang out. We're going to talk about wheels and automotive stuff. All <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what right, you thought. <laughs> so before we jump into this, I just want to go, we, we've we had a terrible habit of plugging this at the end of the podcast when no one's listening, so <laughs> we're going to try it at the beginning this time, but we are S3 Magazine, we are a print and digital automotive media magazine, um, or just media company in general, that do the YouTube thing, podcast, whatever, but check us out, www.s3mag.com, you can get a two year subscription to the magazine for 20 bucks. Plus a free T-shirt, so you're not going to want to miss that. But, anyways, like I said before, today we are here with Scott Allender um, from Grip Royal, uh, what Mississippi, basically a Memphis-based company, right? But you're technically in Mississippi, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I man, we're <clears throat> actually on the state line between Mississippi and Tennessee. Uh, probably like 15 minutes outside of Memphis. Um, it's just way easier to tell people Memphis, yeah. but we are based right. out of Mississippi in the state of Mississippi. Um, and uh, both Mike and I, both employees, we've actually lived. Uh, we met in middle school. Yeah, like seventh grade. Both of us lived in Biloxi, Mississippi, which was the most southern, southeastern point of Mississippi. And now we live literally in the most northwestern point of Mississippi. So <laughs> that's funny. Is I that like trying to find our try way out? Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to find our way out. <laughs> Knock it on
0: the walls.
1: <laughs> this isn't this isn't like a situation where like it's like Memphis is a one-time zone and then where are you you are as a different time zone, right? Like Alabama, Atlanta no, yeah, and Alabama? It's the same,
2: same central time zone. Okay. Kind
1: of okay. Yeah. Well, cool. So, uh, Grip Royal, for those of you guys that don't know, it's not like wheels like Koenigs or Volks or anything like that. It's like st- aftermarket steering wheels. Um, how long has Grip Royal been around?
2: So, Grip Royal was formally founded in 2011, um, probably 2009, 2010. Maybe late 2009, early 2010, I'm not quite sure. I actually started doing the work of the business. It was kind of just like trying to find people on, um, you know, Facebook. That was a major uh, source of communication and like car clubs, pages. That was kind of before Instagram really blew up. Um, Yeah, wasn't Facebook
3: uh, great back in those days, man? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You could make a post about a steering wheel. Like for us, we were doing the Stillhood shift knobs and it was like, Boom! You started selling them right then and there. Yeah,
2: and you actually talked to people, (coughs) and and they were kind of browsing just that feed of content that people are posting. It wasn't ads and a a selling area marketplace. It wasn't uh, video central. It wasn't all politics. You know, it's uh, yeah. um, But yeah, so it was it was how I definitely formed the business working out of my dad's house. um, I had made some mistakes coming out of high school and ended up uh, not going the route that I thought I would. and uh, so I found myself trying trying to uh, get jobs, man, and it was really hard. So mm-hmm. I ended up kind of working the same um, you know entry level jobs, a lot of labor jobs, and uh, started messing around with the steering wheels really because I had a good friend who painted and wanted to see some other variations in steering wheels and uh just kind of naturally saw the business angle of things Yeah, you know like i was that kid in middle school i was in a band i was like i'm making our album art i'm <laughs> making t-shirts i was always yeah, kind of industrious I. you know like just wanted to make stuff and and sell it you know uh i knew that was how i could make my own money because i wanted cooler things you know so um and 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 really, when it came to the band, it was kind of like you know getting your what? name out and stuff. So I kind of knew about that as well. What so was the name I'm of the so band? Over. Do what? What was the name of the band? Uh, <laughs> uh it was called No Comment. No, no comment. comment. Yeah. Like punk it. rock,
3: I'm guessing. Punk pop punk. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Me That's one two. thing
1: that I love about uh, Scott. For If you don't follow Scott on Instagram, you should, especially if you're a music buff. One of my favorite things Let's you go. do is, you know, multiple times a week, you'll like screenshot an album or like or an album cover and you'll post it. And, you you know, you'll have like a description about, you know, the artist or a specific song or the album and things that it does. And I've always admired that about Scott because... I, our music taste is similar. So he'll post something and say something related to like a song. And I'm like, yes,
0: that is exactly how I feel. I love you, Scott. Yeah. Scott is you know. one of the very few homies that I can uh, throw out metal memes to. And he'll, yeah, he'll, you're just there.
4: I, you <laughs> Dude, that,
2: that one you said earlier, uh, was yesterday or today. Yeah. I can't even remember. And I, it was like, Dare Leet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny you say that because he's
3: one of the few homies that also blasts like roots, rock, reggae. Let's, at, oh. at the car events, you, yeah. you're a jack of all trades what uh, yeah i enjoy like all instrument.
2: music I, I i'm not personally a fan of like country style music mm. um well that's I, good I, from I can Memphis. i can listen to it but it's just like not my jam you know it, mm. it's for somebody but i like classical music uh dude you know, me too like, yep. like rap and hip-hop i like uh i like instrumental music instrumental metal um even just like kind of weird like uh what would you call it like you know like where they're testing out different genres kind of mashing yeah, stuff together yeah.
0: um like experimental
2: yeah like, experimental yeah. kind of stuff and uh my wife likes a lot of indie so i find myself listening she likes right. more calm things and i like yeah. sporadic <laughs> things yeah you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah
1: you posted like i think you posted anti-flag yesterday didn't you yeah
2: like, like that I, i've listened to them a lot through middle school and high school. And, you know, when you're, like, younger, you're just kind of, like, angsty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you want to kind of just listen to stuff that's like, ah, forget the yeah. system, that kind of stuff. Um, it was crazy. Forget the system. I, <laughs> yeah. I want to make a band called Forget the System. <laughs> it probably exists already. They formed and disbanded because the band was too formed.
3: They made it. Too so structured. To <laughs> like, yeah. Structure.
4: Um,
2: oh. But um, not, I mean, all right,
3: so yeah. if you had to take your previous no comment band and compare it to like you know how everybody's like well it's kind of a mix between this and this like what <laughs> would you
2: <laughs> what was this no i would just say it was like three kids in middle school playing pop punk like that's... Okay. it wasn't bad but i mean you wouldn't like wait to go see us or anything <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of parents in the in the crowd. So. Yeah, okay. But it was cool, you know, being in middle school. First of all, my parents are super supportive. And yeah. uh, my dad's like old hot rodder guy. My mom, just super supportive is, with everything. She uh, always kind of pushed me through sports. And uh, once I kind of started phasing out of sports, once, uh, I was on like competitive teams and they got really political with the parents. You know, yeah. I'm sure everyone's experienced that. Sports are fun until the parents get involved and it becomes serious and yeah. my kids got to play and that kind of stuff. So I switched over to music and that was really fun. And then I got to go to these venues that were like bars, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm like in these bars late at night, yeah. hanging out with other guys that play music that are older, just kind of always found myself being <clears throat> drawn to like older people that were interested in the same stuff as me, even though my dad and my mom were like super influential and, in, willing to talk about stuff i always liked that advice from the older group you know you just like car guys like when i was younger like i wanted to hang around certain older car guys to learn what they knew already
4: yeah, yeah um
2: and i'd say that's worked to my benefit um yeah i had a lot of mentors growing up you know that didn't even know they were my mentor <laughs> I feel that. I feel yeah that. Cool.
1: so okay you might have already said this but what did you play in no
2: comment uh, I played I played guitar and vocals. I can't believe that we're okay. talking about this. Band. <laughs> <laughs>
3: let's just keep talking about yeah. Let's just talk like, about dude. It. I haven't
2: like I haven't talked about this band in years, and now <laughs> we're like you're like asking me specifics on it. It's so 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 interesting. Yeah, I want to
3: see if we can find some old pictures. Are there any pictures online? Oh yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> just, I think the website's dead now. There used to be <clears throat> that streaming site called Pure Volume oh damn <laughs> yeah and like that was actually what i think i built i think i built a few websites based off how they had their layout and all kinds of stuff i was like doing web design and marketing my band do you know kind of like just trying to learn stuff so wait, around. Wait. to put
3: a time frame on it like what what wait. how old are you and what year are we talking about
2: like uh, shoot man I mean, we're talking seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe tenth grade. we were still playing, but my parents and I moved um for my between tenth and eleventh grade that summer. So mm-hmm. uh, the band was over with. I didn't come up. I, I played with a few guys, a uh, few different guys whenever I moved up towards the Memphis area. but uh, it was what was weird is when I moved from the Gulf Coast, and I can't believe we're still talking about music. <laughs> I moved from the Gulf Coast. Uh, up to here, and, like, all the kids my age were into, like, super heavy, choppy, hardcore. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I was not into that at all. <laughs> I did not like when bands screamed. Uh, I didn't like any of that kind of music, which is ironic because now I absolutely love that type <laughs> of music. I'm the same way. Um, but you grow and you change, you know, and you, you develop you new interests in, in – um, and taste you know your taste broadens
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: so yeah. and that was the great same is because that age i can remember i used to go in subway and order a plain roast beef sandwich like bread <laughs> roast beef bread and i eat it dry <laughs> and not put shit on it and like now i'm like what kind of idiot person was i there's all these flavors that they'll shove on this sandwich for you for the same price
1: you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah when i was in i think i was in the ninth or tenth grade i had a a good friend um who i'm still friends with to this day he was super into hardcore like i think his favorite band at the time was for today i know you're a fan of for today yeah um yeah and so i like he would be like dude just like give it a shot." and i was into like you know new metal stuff like Cether, breaking benjamin uh three days great stuff like that but we he of started. Course you were. <laughs> yeah. What shirt you. do you
0: have on? Do you have a band shirt right now? Well, I, he's got a Cedar shirt on
1: right now. I had a red hot chili pepper shirt on earlier. But uh Respect. Respect. But uh so he's like, dude, you gotta check this out and I listened to it at first and I was like, dude, this is absolute garbage. I was like, You can't understand a word any of these dudes are saying. He's like, Listen, just play the whole album tonight. Just play the whole thing. And tell me that it doesn't make you feel some type of way at the end of it. Sure enough, it did. I cannot believe that we're talking about metal right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, same way. And then a senior year, I discovered reggae and I thought it was cool, but everybody judged me for listening to it. So I kind of like, Pushed it off, you know, small town Alabama. You're not allowed to listen to reggae. And yeah, then yeah. I met right. this dreadheaded mf'er, and he's like, "Dude, you just gotta embrace it." And I will I'm have right you now. know,
3: I was poppy punk. I mean, the reggae roots were always there because it was like, you know, the '90s. You had 311, you had Sublime, you had yeah, Sta, yeah. all that. Well, that blew was like up. a lot of those <laughs> punk bands played that type of music too. That's where <laughs> it started. Yeah, and I was super into the poppy punky thing. And even the punk thing um but once the bands quit putting numbers at the end of their name and started doing like just random phrases for band names I was out like once the hair went from being spiked to like the that crap, oh, the emo swoosh yeah I was yeah. out uh-huh. that's was my out. Senior, they got my senior picture yeah. of high school is like
2: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. See, I was, I mean, I was, um, obviously, we all liked Blank and No Effects and Melancholin and, yeah. and MXPX yeah. and nice. Newfound and all those. Those were the dudes. In fact, I'll have you know, did you know this, Scott? I uh, grew up with Ryan Key, the lead singer of Yellow Car. What? We were literally, like, best buds, like, when I, I grew up in Jacksonville. And so... Second, yeah, second grade through seventh grade we were like thick as thieves and uh and then I moved to Atlanta but I remember and this might not be accurate but I remember specifically he was spending the night at my house I had this rat ass guitar because I was like super into playing guitar when I was young like eight nine ten you know whatever because uh, I came up on skid row and so <laughs> and uh And so Ryan was playing with my guitar. It had flames on it. It was just kick ass. And uh, he was messing with it. And I was like, bro, let's rollerblade. And he was like, well, hang on. I'm trying to figure this out. And I was like, just borrow the damn guitar. You can borrow the guitar. You can borrow the amp. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And so he borrowed my guitar. And And went on to be a freaking rock star, yeah. That's
4: awesome.
3: Yeah, did I tell you? I don't know if I said that or not. I know I said Ryan Key, the lead singer of Yellow Card. If that doesn't ring a bell, there's a place on Ocean Avenue. Yeah. That ding 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 yep. ding 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 ding.
4: ding, ding. <laughs> to, to this day, yeah.
1: I think yeah, it's dude. like the only song that, when it hits, I stop what I'm doing. You know, really? it's just it. Yeah, I don't know well, what it was, is about that song, but what the, was, the beat. The lyrics, like what it represents, that song just moves you. I mean, or at least it does me anyways.
3: Okay, so I was with him for the whole ride, right? Like, so he was in a band called Modern Amusement in high school. Um, Then he went to college, and that was kind of a train wreck. Like, it just wasn't working out for him. And uh, he was like, I got to go to the West Coast. You know, like, I just got to go pursue this. And so he went, he I think he was way,
0: way, way. <laughs> way <laughs> <from here.
4: laughs>
3: yeah. So uh, he joined a band called Craig's Brother and, uh, and was living in San Francisco. <laughs> Craig's Brother. And then, um, yeah, and then ended up coming, somehow reconnecting with, with Yellow Card, which was also, a, you know, a band in Jacksonville. But they, they were his buddy's band. And um, it was all right. You know, like, it. I mean, it, it's cool, but you could tell it just wasn't produced well. It was like a garage band, you know, and yeah. then all of a sudden, boom, that Ocean Avenue came out and I like heard it, you know, before like the world heard it, you know, yeah. like I before it blew up and it was like, holy crap, dude, this is insane. Like, this yeah, is like wait,
2: this isn't you It's
3: <laughs> is really good. I remember being on his bus at Warp Tour and the album had just dropped and I was like, yo, like. This is really good, It's what I remember thinking, you know. And my friends back at UGA were like, dude, who are these guys? This is really good. Next thing you know, they're on freaking TRL and MTV. It was TRL, wild, dude. Yeah. It was wild. It was you'd wild. be hearing it. You'd be walking. You know, you'd hear it on the radio. It's like, you got to be freaking kidding me. I was. It was awesome. It and was that awesome.
2: The album for, like, pop, punk, music enthusiasts is great. Like, yeah. every track on the album is great. Yeah. And when we went to uh, last year, I think, uh, Lauren and I went to, and some some other friends went to warp Tour in Nashville.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it was like that last year they were doing their tour. Yeah, I went to the and one in Atlanta. And he lineup. was there and played a acu- acoustic single set of nothing but Yellow Card Ocean Avenue songs.
3: Yeah, so dude. Yeah, I know he was, was pretty doing cool.
2: Because we it, didn't even know who, we didn't really know him by name. So like mm-hmm. all of us being like, you know, around 30, we were all very familiar with the album. So, yeah. like, we're just like going between stages, and the next thing we know, we're like, dude, isn't that the guy from Yellow Card? And next <laughs> thing he's up there, he's like, Hey, it's me from Yellow Card <laughs> about to do these songs. And we are like, No shit. Bonus. Oh, man. Yeah, dude,
3: that's awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a car dude too, man. His dad back in the day, this is like when I lived in Jacksonville, his dad uh, managed a Ford dealership. So he always had Fords because he would get them through that. But then uh, he ended up. He's had some Golf R's and a real rad FJ. He's had some cool stuff, man. He's into that kind of crap. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I man, he's in Nashville now. He's not too too far. That's where. That's where a lot of them dudes are living. They're all going to Nashville and producing uh-huh. and hanging out and helping people and stuff. So
4: yeah. Cool. All good. right.
1: Anyways, we've we've had our little brief segment. <laughs> <Our 15 laughs>
2: thirteen minutes oh, segment 24 um, minutes in talking about
1: <laughs> music <laughs> um, music but let's circle back around back to cars back to grip royal okay so you know you you mentioned you had a hard time coming out of high school finding your way um your buddy is into painting and you know doing custom stuff and you see an opportunity how does that opportunity turn into steering wheels and grip royal
2: man that was kind of it i was working um ended up at that point like i said worked a lot of jobs that were just labor intensive and um some guys here had a local shop that was doing like japanese part importing you know like before everything was available brand new i mean most production you know china taiwan at this point uh uh, not taiwan uh malaysia yeah so yeah taiwan yeah um but uh back then you know a lot of people you know 10 10 Fifteen years ago, everyone was buying used stuff from Japan, and um, so these guys had a shop <coughs> and were importing stuff from Japan. I started working for them. Kind of was like, man, you guys are like charging a lot for these old busted used wheels. You know, mm-hmm. like we could offer people a new wheel, and instead of being this company who just sells stuff, we could make a brand. And we kind of tried to. I kind of tried to do that with them. Um, and it just didn't really take off anywhere. So I ended up buying the bulk of steering wheels that we had, which was like 10. Mm -hmm. And I, I bought those back from my employer and at night I started grip Royal. So I would go and work like a eight or nine shift, eight, eight or nine hour shift, come home. I was living with my dad, um, you know, helping him around the house. I like to think that I was doing that if I remember maybe who knows and um and i would stay up just late at night you know talking to people on facebook and engaging people and really approaching people like i'd be like you know your your car's dope uh hey my name's scott i made this steering wheel company you know do you want to run a wheel and people were pretty into it you know obviously the pricing was cheaper my overhead was very low you know I, i was trying to grow a brand Um, not so much try and make money at that time. Uh, if, if I had to do one thing, if I had, you know, in retrospect, I would, I would probably have tried to have money first and Mm -hmm. actually like form the company as a whole and then start. But I mean, I was just young, you know, and no resources and a lot of passion. So, um, so yeah, so I'd stay up to like two or 3 AM. Um, my wife, Uh, was like living with me at in my bedroom at my dad's at the time we were just dating she was staying with me so like we would we would work and then we'd hang out for a little bit have dinner and stuff and then I would actually get in the bed with her and like wait till she fell asleep and then get back out of the bed to get back on the computer and talk to people because because you know at the same time when you're trying to maintain a relationship yeah you're always working even especially at a younger age, you know, cause like that, you know, she didn't have to want to marry me, you know, right. like oh, yeah. this guy's always working. And yeah. so, you know, I'd, i hang out with her for a little while, wait till she crashed and get on the computer and talk to car d- dudes for six more hours. And, God. and I'm still doing that. It seems sometimes, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, pretty- it's
2: cool. It, it's, it's just been like a snowball effect and, uh, You could say it's like a constant struggle. It's been a constant growth. Um, I don't really slow down. I'm very active. (laughs) I have a hard time now because I'm so active and do so many different tasks with Grip Royal. I kind of have a hard time like even focusing while I'm working on people talking to me. Because I get, I'm doing like three things at once. And not to sound mm-hmm. like, oh man, I'm so busy. But like, literally, I'm always doing multiple things. So mm-hmm. when someone's talking to me while I'm trying to work, I'm kind of like, uh-huh, but <laughs> <I'm doing this laughs> over here. And, you know, it's just, it becomes mentally exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's just been that, man. I've just been working a lot and, and growing. And I'm out of my dad's house. i got my own house now. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> you know? and uh,
3: no it's interesting because i never really thought about that timeline you were talking about when you got into it jdm was definitely like the thing right like oh, there was yeah. nothing cool and people buy an old worn out shit yeah. from japan you know yeah. old worn out seats or door panels or steering wheels and stuff like that and yeah. that was the hot stuff and then it's interesting because I can't remember when we met necessarily, but it it's cool that it kind of started a transition from support JDM so that you're cool and you have all the boxes checked on your little Honda build or whatever yeah. to like support Scott because he's rad, you know. And it kind of yeah. it started changing like the, a lot of the mentality started to change to like man, no, we're gonna support our our bros, the guys that we met at the show or at the, the show, yeah, that. yeah whatever the guy I've been talking to on Facebook, that became kind of more important than the name brand
2: even. Yeah. And I think that really just is why you see a lot of small companies um, across all, you know, all uh, industries, yeah. because now with social media, you can actually approach specific clientele that are interested in it without having to do major marketing that costs a lot like traditional Traditionally, uh, our traditional marketing, you know, like, yeah. like, why would I pay $2,000 a month to have a billboard on the side of the interstate where maybe 20,000 people are going to pass it? but only 200 of them are even automotive aftermarket automotive enthusiasts. Yeah. You know, I don't have $2,000. Um, mm-hmm. So marketing directly to a specific clientele, <clears throat> much, much easier and more obtainable yeah. um, with a lot less overhead. You know, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of employees. Uh, you really don't even have to have a lot of knowledge. You just have to have a lot of time and a plan, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. which now I think we're kind of seeing a point since I've been doing it for so long. You're seeing almost like a over dilution of small companies popping up um, and you see a lot of them that start and fail yeah. more, more regularly. Like the cycle of businesses and their the business oh, yeah, the life, life is shorter um, because not only – uh, not only is it cheaper and easier, so you're seeing more people attempt and maybe not have meet one or two criterias and fail, um, but then also trends are shifting faster, yeah. much faster. In oh, my yeah, opinion. stuff catches, but it burns
3: so hot that it can't burn long. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Of, these exactly. brands are like, all of a sudden, you're like, where did these guys come from? Holy crap, they're everywhere. And two years later, you're like, dude, I hadn't heard about them in a minute, like, and they're just gone. But yeah yeah, there are i mean i don't know to back it up it's funny because now i'm remembering like circa 2010 and 11 i remember like s3 magazine was really battling the jdm whatever dominancy you know that was going through and it was a lot of that same thing it was like yo these guys these spoons or whatever it is like They don't support American magazines. They don't care about that. Like, they are not at the car events. Like, and for us, the big thing was they don't support American magazines. We're putting Honda after Honda after Honda, and they don't even know or care if you exist. You know, meanwhile, you're not supporting the American scene. And that was something that I was always like, yo, Honda tuning screwed up in this way. Like, this is not gonna pan out. Like, you cannot leg hump. Those 25 year old wheels from overseas forever, you know, while totally oh, yeah. ignoring kind of the American. It. Yeah, without while ignoring anything that comes from America, any American tuner brand or whatever, like it
2: just wasn't working. So yeah, it's like it wasn't um, uplifting our own aftermarket. It wasn't. Industry.
3: It was really, it was. It, it's funny because when it first started happening, it was really refreshing, right? Because it was something new to do to these Hondas and Nissans and stuff that it, it was pulling all the big gaudy wings off the car and it was going JDM and that was cool. But yeah, pretty soon it was like, uh-oh, wait, we're totally turning on back on our own friends that work in this industry, you know? And yeah. and they're giving us ad dollars, for example, and we're saying, wow, well, that's not cool. That's stuff from over there in Japan's cool, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what the point of that is other than I remember that time period when you started talking about it. And I do, you know, I mean, you support somebody like Grip Royal, for example. You're at, I don't know, Import Alliance or Drift Day, whatever it is, or you run ads in S3 Magazine. You know, like, that's the teamwork makes the dream work mentality. That's what makes um, the aftermarket so much fun to be a part of. You know what I mean? Like, when it's all just about elitist brands and stuff like that it yeah, it might seem cool for a minute but like it's just so it's, it, it's a quick sizzle it's like when they bring yeah. your fajitas out and it sizzles for a second and then you're like ah, this sucks it's dry <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's just, so anyway i don't know if that was part of it is people were Wanting to support Scott, the dude running around with the drinks outside of La Quinta. Oh, <laughs> no, I, don't I,
2: think, I don't think that's why. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the reason Grip Royal really blew up is because um, because of the custom paintwork, which uh, yeah. like once again, I really have to owe to my friend Chris. Uh um he he taught me how to paint he's the one that wanted to start painting and he's much smarter than i am and he was like no i do not want to do this for the rest of my life so (laughs) yeah so he was like you enjoy it and keep it up and yeah how in uh, the world can you do all that custom painting that was i'm
3: sorry i was just saying how in the world can you do all that custom painting and keep up with
2: it you know what i mean like oh dude i've got a stack right now i've got like Tomorrow I'll paint and I have like 35 wheels that I'm going to be working on. And Ooh. I'll basically address all 35 wheels. Some of them will be like start and finish work. Some of them will be uh, like their second session in paint because they've gotten like um, they they started with like a base color. And I did some etching with the second color inlay, something along mm-hmm. those lines. Um and uh, some of them will just be like the first step of a three step pro- painting process. So um, I, I try to paint at least one day a week now. Uh, we used to have more hands on deck. I was able to stay at the shop more, but now I'm back painting. I start I was initially the painter um, and uh, and now I'm back at it, and I've man, my my skill level with the spraying is, just gone through the roof compared to how we were years ago. It's so cool. I've, I've learned a lot. My my equipment is better. Um, my facility is cleaner and better. Um, so, yeah, so, like, doing 35 wheels in one day is not, like, you know, I, I guess you could be just listening to this and be like, man, how come they take four weeks to do my wheel then? <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you – there's five days in a work week. Why don't you, you know, keep it going? But – yeah um but that's okay, so that's like, just not the I, case i can't do paint every day either so
4: yeah.
3: how does somebody order like i mean i've ordered a few but i know you so i just call you and like if somebody does not know you <laughs> how do they describe what they want like how does this go do they have to call you or is there a way they can do it no like they you do i mean like i called that's you with sure. that nissan livery wheel i was like yo yo i just want like the blue the white the red or the old Dotsons. and you're like i got you man i'll do something <laughs> yeah. cool i'm like i trust you but like if, if if somebody doesn't know you like how does that process go down
2: so we don't have a phone number and we never have a smart um <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah you're like we make we it have- very tricky
2: Well, no, because it makes it very manageable, actually. The problem with this, the only problem that I have with this is that I got a super good deal on our email server um, like when I started the company, right? So I paid for like 10 years with GoDaddy, and I got basically grandfathered in on this super cheap email server for 10 years. Well, (laughs) now... Technology has continued to progress, and I think our email servers are kind of, like, outdated. So when we send emails, the, and this is the only problem with only email customer service, I think some of our emails on some people go to their spam box. Uh, and so then oh, they well. don't think that they got a response from us or anything. But otherwise, doing only emails allows us to, because we're the guys who actually do the hands-on work, and the order fulfillment and the customer yeah, yeah, service yeah. and we also sometimes get to work on cars and go to events and stuff
4: yeah.
2: uh, you know this allows us to manage all the customer service for x amount of hours uh and we know you know we're able to reread people's questions we're yeah, able yeah. to answer how we want to answer we're able to reference that conversation later like like if i'm doing like you just said if you want to do some crazy custom work We're gonna have it all on email. The whole conversation. So if I'm mid-process on the project and I have any questions, I can go back and visually reference that document. You know, I have documentation of what the customer said. Sometimes people don't like to hear that. Whenever they (laughs) say they didn't, they didn't want that. (laughs) Right. You said whoa. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want that. Whoa, it's right here. So that also kind of helps us as far as, like, in a defensive position, you know, to say, no, guy, you specifically said you wanted, you know, three T's and the word that, you guy know. Haney?
4: <laughs>
2: guy yeah. Guy? Guy Our designer? <laughs> so, Come on, uh, guy. <laughs> but, but to be honest, no, I mean, we really don't have many uh, issues. Uh, everything's through email, Everything's on the website. Uh, People basically, we have like a questionnaire. So if you Mm -hmm. really did want something custom, you basically do this drop down box questionnaire kind of thing. And, um, and then Mike, the only other person at grip Royal is the person who answers emails every weekday. And he basically goes back and forth with the customer and gets it set up and he'll, he'll set it up and then I will build their order. So like, Essentially, on all custom orders, both the conversation, the uh, invoicing, the production, and the final like inspection and processing goes back and forth between Mike and I. Okay. So the two people at Grip Royal who talk to you also build it, also did it, also ship it. You know, and and then then we never do anything where only one of us sees it. Um, because you know just we're human too and sometimes you make mix-ups sometimes you make errors like i painted a wheel for a customer like two weeks ago and just somehow put it on my list like my my nq production list i put it down as the wrong color spokes so i made it like how i put it on record and then when we sent it to her she was like what the heck (laughs) and we pull everything (laughs) up and we're like Oh, yeah, you're right. sent yeah, you know, oh, like crap. to have it brought back, and I'll and now I'm doing the job again. So but that's okay because <laughs> that's not her fault. And we know that. Like we have everything on record. so and and we ended up, I'm like, you know, at this point, now I have an inventory wheel. So yeah, there's no yeah. love loss. Um, we lost money returning sure. her shipment to us basically but that's our once again that's our fault so
3: yeah crap happens man
2: yeah and that's it too you know being being such a small company we that allows us also to kind of like either we we know that you're full of shit (laughs) or we messed up or it was just an error like sometimes you know there's stuff gets lost and we insure everything it's kind of like we're just trying to make sure us and the customer are covered because whether the customer is right or not like we we don't want to come out of pocket for it uh but we do have to resolve the issue assuming that it is ours um so yeah so it's pretty controllable you know i think people kind of think the brand has the brand has a larger presence than uh than mike and i and and woolly you kind of hit on this earlier like back in the day it was a new fresh thing well i think people were scooped up grip royals because one i was talking to them at 1 a.m on the internet like just straight up shooting the shit because i wasn't married you know didn't have a house to take care of i had I had a lot yeah. less responsibility um but they were scooping it up because i was contacting them directly and or we were just doing fresh new stuff man like yeah. like uh, didn't didn't i do a neon orange wheel for you like <laughs> 10 years ago or something
3: a neon yellow wheel for greg you did the wood grain well (laughs) you did a bunch of wood grain still hoods which i still rock in the crx yeah
2: yeah Um, and like that that was all new man like yeah the only wheels that we had ever seen painted were basically like flip-flop chameleon wheels from this, this smaller company in japan and initially that's where i was like highly influenced um you know which is which is odd for for art i feel like you should be influenced from other areas you know like necessarily so so like me as a steering wheel company i don't really want to pull inspiration from another steering wheel company right um but i do like seeing colors and color plans or layouts on other things and trying to apply them to steering wheels of course it's like trying to reinvent the wheel like It's round, pretty basic. You can't get too far from what everything already looks like. Uh, There's a reason things look that way. Um, But, yeah, like, just going to shows, going to Import Alliance and having, like, this array of crazy colors, the neon yellow, the neon orange, all those neon colors, nobody had steering wheels like that. Like, nobody did that. And and, and now they're all over the place. I don't even spray those colors anymore because the paint, the pigment – of those neon colors fade very easily yeah. v exposure so yes yeah. it's, it's, they're just it's a problematic color but yeah. uh interesting but that was what really set us off you know it was like it was just simply being different and not being produced by other companies it's just fresh you know? it's totally new so um now I think what really separates us is the ability to really get custom with that work. Yeah. Instead of me just spraying single color wheels, we're doing fades, we do different flakes, we do etching in the wheel, you know, all of that stuff. And and there are people in the industry catching up to us, uh, doing different stuff than us, um, some of the same stuff as us. But now at this point, the brand has really grown, and yeah. and that's why people don't really know myself or mike as much as they know grip royal because whenever i was running this company when i started it i didn't want people to be like hey this must just be one kid hanging out at his dad's house trying to sell stuff you know i wanted it to be a brand well now brand is established and people i i'm okay with people knowing that it's you know mike and i well busting our ass to do this yeah, stuff. Like you know, the guy you email all day, don't email in uh, five times being like thinking you're getting another customer service rent, right, right. right. You're just wasting Mike's time more so he can't actually make ship knobs, you know? Yeah. So
3: I think ten years ago that was the the general consensus is you thought companies were bigger than one person. And I think, you know, now that social media has really kind of played out more and stuff. I mean you look at like you and frank downstar like yeah you you are grip royal you know like frank is downstar like you can't know one without the other really i mean even s3 you think about it i mean 10 years ago you thought of a magazine as this big old office oh yeah people walk in and and there's a big staff running around and all that like s3 is like us
4: yeah, you know, dude. And I it's thought like we that we all
3: that work from that. home. We all just talk to each other and get it done. It's, that's that? what
0: I thought when I first tried to get an internship. I did. Oh <laughs> I yeah, like I we was... get that. We get that same thing. He's like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, sure. Just join us at the booth, whatever." <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, we get yeah. that all the time.
2: Oh yeah. well, yeah. somebody at this email I thought you were going to work for a real publishing group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we used to actually that's be. cool because you have control over it. You know, you guys. Well, what you do at that company is actually impacts and makes a difference day by day at that company. If you guys yeah. just get lazy and don't do work for a couple weeks, like you're gonna suffer from it.
4: Yeah. yeah. Which yeah.
2: I think keeps things kind of fresh and fun. It can be overwhelming at times, but you know, and it's not always easy. And it definitely doesn't make a lot and lot a lot of money. You know,
4: oh, People yeah. are probably think- like,
2: man, you got magazine, you got money. Boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think the days of
3: magazine publishers flying around on private jets with cigars are probably over. Yeah. You're just lucky to fly southwest half the time. <laughs> you, know, like you, you guys just... fly
2: places? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: But, um, no, yeah, whatever. It's cooler this way. You know what I mean? It is cool when like everybody has a real say in what's going on, and it's cool... You know, one thing I never understood about the other mags when there were other mags was like they had, they were so plotted so far out, you know? Like advertisers would talk to us and they were like, so you think we can get this in by like November? And we're like, uh, yeah, like next issue. Like I'm putting it in the computer right now. It's <laughs> yeah. In. Like, like, oh, that's really? That's two is issues you? away in November. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But. I don't know. That's just the way the world's going. When we first bought S3 Magazine, we had an office um, in, in, you know, a little downtown suburb of Atlanta. And then we moved up and we had a loft. Uh, we went from like the basement to like the, the, you know, the loft. And uh, and then basically I moved further out to the country. The roof blew off this old loft that we had. And it was like, well, because we, we were renting it. We we're like, I think this is our queue. We're out. And yeah. then it was like, well, we'll just work from home for a while. And then it was like, hey, this is actually working, working. man. Like, yeah, yeah, was... yeah. And you'd save a boatload, you know, between an office and they screw you on all the office phone lines and all of that. And it, yeah. it would eat you alive, man.
2: Yeah. But Yeah. And you felt like you needed that because when you bought the magazine, that's probably the kind of environment that. Cubicles are. Yeah. What you were accustomed to, you're like, we're going to. We're not gonna sit in cubicles, but we need an office yeah. to sit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's what
3: we had, man. Our first office, it was a crap hole, but like it was this basement. <laughs> and it was like five or six thousand square feet, way more than we needed. That's and we went huge. in there and, oh dude, and it was concrete floors and it was all open. So there was like three desks, Oops. and then we all had our little bicycles, and all we did was ride around bikes through the basement. All <laughs> like we would set up these elaborate courses with whatever we had, you know, to like make slaloms and stuff. And we just play around. We painted all the walls neon green and neon orange or something. And it was awesome.
4: It was fun. Guys, we
3: We got nothing yeah. done. We Yeah, you know, like I would get there. And this was back I don't know if you even know Cody, but like Cody's still my buddy. But like Yeah. I um, know Cody. He, yeah, he was a designer in the early days. Also a music guy, coincidentally. But yeah, he would roll in at like eleven. And then we go to lunch at noon, (laughs) and then we come back like (laughs) one thirty or two, and ride our bikes. You know, it was just
2: yeah. And you and you're like, yeah, I'm at work. Don't call right now. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, we're working. You need to you need to hit up this email, the store at s3mag.com, and then we yeah. just log into that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're like, I'm just trying to keep my emails organized. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> adhere to their our pattern. Yeah, man. Well, but no, whatever. that's funny because whenever I about the time that I formed Grip Royal was when I already knew about S3Mag. I knew you guys were running it and uh, you know, like I said, I was working for another shop. I was pumped when I met you guys because really? because I bought my first issue at like an FD round, I think, because I never made it to Import Alliance until I started Grip Royal. Okay, and yeah. I think I met you guys at an FD round in Atlanta and I walked up maybe. No, it may have been an, a Team Rowdy event. Oh, or, yeah. like, a Southeast Drift event. Like, one of the Turner Field events. That must have been it. Because I was, like, super into you guys. I was, like, going out there with older guys, like, helping. I wasn't driving. Yeah. And we were going, you know, I was, like, I'm not driving to Atlanta. I'm right. 17, you know, or yeah, 20 yeah. or whatever it was. And and uh, I remember going out there and paying $5.00 and writing my name down on this list, this paper, piece of paper, and got like a lifetime subscription yes. for $5. Yes, yeah. I got one of
3: those. I'm so yeah, lucky. you sons of bitches are bankrupting us with that now. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. And whose idea was that, Wooly? That sounds like one of your ideas. Yeah,
3: nobody ever accused me of being good at business.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were like, what, man? People love this magazine. $5. We'll have them coming back forever. It's like like that. Yeah, that's because you said it was a lifetime subscription. (laughs) It's
3: like that starving pop punk band, though. You just want people to read it. Like, that is our biggest struggle right now, if we're being real, is, like, I believe in, like, what we write. I believe that, like, it kind of unifies the culture in a lot of ways. Like, we're not just talking about cars. You know, we're talking about whatever, building character and motivation and trying to to relate to people, you know. I especially get off when I can like, cause I'm 40 now. I'm also a psych major. A lot of people don't know that. So when I, I can talk to kids that are 25 or 30 and inspire them to kind of like, you know, follow their passions, like yeah. I love that. So like that's what the magazine's about a lot of times. And so it's just like, dude, I want you guys to read this, you know, and and like, let's face it, in 2020, every other media you're ever going to get is free. We're competing with free. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, how can you print a magazine and send it to however many thousand people's house and compete with free? You, yeah. you can't. Like, we're screwed. That'd our business plan our business plan is effed. I mean, the only reason we're still in it is because people because just it. like it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, it's a passion, support the passion
2: passion driven from you guys, but also passion from your supporters. Yeah. And yeah. then with that being said, it, and it's kind of weird, like you just said, you, you're trying to like shed some light and kind of uh, guide people that are younger than you that are interested in these things as well. And with a magazine, that's kind of what's weird is like some of these younger generations, they didn't hang out in – the in the bookstore in the mall yeah. while their mom was they shopping don't. you know like they don't know I flipped like through magazines when i was a kid yeah. and my mom let me buy magazines i like carried magazines with me all the time yeah. you know and and they're cool. still out there like you know they're in stores but you don't see people going to get them because like you just like, said everybody's On their phone, it's free. Really, it's just the ease of accessibility with the phone. Like, you know, I find myself glued to it far too much. I try not. But, but But a magazine, cool. That's what you pay for. You get to walk away with a book. You know, like tangible.
3: Yeah, and it's super. It's super intimate. It's a lot like music. (laughs) Like, you know, like when when it hits you, it hits you. Like people, we might not reach. 10 million people like donut does, you know what I mean? But like a lot of times when we do connect with somebody, it's like, yo, you are talking straight freaking to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. and, and that's like my biggest, that's my definition of success, you know? Cause like, it, I mean, that's just, it, it's the same thing with music. Like people get passionate about a band because they're like, yo, that guy just like literally yeah. talked right into my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you share a spirit, you know? And like when I was in college, I, I struggled a lot. I went to university of Georgia. Right. And so a lot of my friends were like, yo, I can't wait to freaking get out of here and go make some money. I'm like, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? I just want to make money, man. You know, like I want to sell something or I'll take this guy's money and then move it here and I'll make money. And I'm like, that's not a thing though. Like what, but the, I still don't know what a lot of my college friends freaking really do. I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's that adult stuff that I just, like, okay, so it's investments and you take people's money, bullshit them for a while, and then you make money in the middle. Right, okay, get yeah. it. But, like, so I was struggling with that because that was not me. You know, and so you have your friends that are like, yo, like, you're going to really just mess with cars your whole life? You got your parents. Well, I mean, I my parents are awesome. But you know what I mean? You get that, like, adult criticism of like, yeah, so like, I mean, the car thing is, is it's cool for now while you're young, but like, when are you going to like grow up, you know, yeah. and that's where stillhood came from. Stillhood was a, that's when we're going to grow up, you know, yeah. like that's kind of <laughs> what it was about. But like, um, you know, so I was struggling with that. It's like the whole damn world is telling you to kind of stop following your heart and your passion and you better start growing up. So S3's there to tell you, nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> nah, you're good, man. You'll be all right, you know? So I don't know. That's I mean, whatever. That's you
0: be- say that. I that's where that. That's where I, I mean, the first issue that I got, uh, I was about, like, that 20 years old, like, all right, it's time to get your shit together time. I read one of the editorials. It was something about, like, uh, cowboys or something. um It was in the James <laughs> Dean, the James... F and Dean issue. Um, and it was just, <laughs> like, just like you're saying, like you're talking to me. I mean, it's the difference between, it's the difference between, you know, hearing, you know, your friend's band at a bar and, and, and them inviting them to play live. You know, it's, it's that intimate connection. I mean, and that was my age, you know, that's the age where I needed yeah. to hear that. Cause if yeah. not, I mean, I started off in the medical field. I was going to be, I was an EMT, Um, I wanted to continue on in the medical field then I kind of just like sat a little bit worked at the YMCA and I wasn't exactly sure where it was going to go and then I was like listen I know what I love to do just do it and if you do it enough somebody will pay you
2: yeah or you'll or you'll network enough to the point where like you said someone will pay you or you'll just like become known for it and you have yeah. multiple clients or you know, like yeah. if you just keep following your passion. You're eventually going to network enough yeah. that, you know, if you actively are following your passion, I believe like, yeah, yeah. Not, not people like half. Yeah. You can't be half fascinated. You can't be upset every time there's a setback. Like, you right. know, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's <laughs> sadly going to cost you relationships, you know, Uh, some of your friends are going to agree with you, some of your friends are going to disagree with you, your time's limited, people will want your time and not get it, and, you know, there's just a lot of complications. Yeah. Uh, And you have to be in pursuit of that. You have to have a goal. I'm interested in, so
0: when you started getting into this, how long until it really picked up? Like, how long were you doing it just like, I'm going to see how it works out? Until it, like, finally was like, oh this shit is working
2: oh yeah so so i did grip royal for like i think one year while i worked at that shop and oh. then kind of i saw the potential in the company so i quit my day job and ended up going full-time with grip royal while living at my dad's house and uh the going was great right out the gate because like i said before we like basically had no competition very mm-hmm. fresh ideas uh, very accessible, you know, with communication. Um, but as we grew and I actually had to move out of my dad's and I had to get my own bills and support <laughs> my own life. And I realized then, you know, like my prices are too cheap. I, yeah. you know, just everything, everything yeah. had to grow. And I ended up getting employees. I had to start paying rent and then Oh, what? You have to pay state taxes, you have to pay city taxes, you have to pay property taxes. Man, it's like it's never ending. (laughs) I'm still learning stuff. And to be quite honest, financially, it's all been uphill. Like I'm still 11 years in and I don't really take like personal vacations. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of that tunnel. Right. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like at a crest, a cresting point, I think. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, this year, with uh, COVID hitting, is which oh. is I'm so grateful for because I know a lot of businesses struggled. but yeah. We actually really did well because one, people had time to place their orders; they had money, uh, and obviously, we're like mostly online. You know, North Mississippi, not very active for the import industry. We don't have a lot of walk-ins. There's really no benefit to walking in except mm-hmm. seeing the shop. Yeah. Um, but, like, we, we really flourished during this time because we weren't traveling like we normally would. All through spring and summer, I would yeah. be on the road, like, every other weekend or every weekend, three or four back-to-back. Back. You know, I'm only home for three days uh with that you know the once again i have a family that i'm supposed to see from time to time um you know (laughs) and and responsibilities outside of work but even then i'm coming home i have to paint or i have to make sure whoever's painting is painting uh it's just very overwhelming and we can never really get ahead um and and really up until this point we're you know what i say 2011 is the real formation of the company grip royal so i'm um, nine years in and just now kind of especially after this era where i've spent three months only producing stuff with no traveling uh, finally starting to you know kind of see the light of the tunnel on some of my debts um you know g- <clears throat> every time i try and like I'd, I feel like we'd be successful. Yeah. I'd learn about a new tax I had to pay. Okay. Or I learned that we needed a bigger location and I needed more storage capabilities. I mean, there's just always something, something to like yeah. structuralizing the business. And so every time I thought we're doing great, and I'm no business guy, I'm no finance guy. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a car dude who wants to blow money on car parts. Like every (laughs) time you put it in my hand, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to you're buy that thing that at I that saw. Cash,
0: right. But all you're seeing is, like, I could buy this turbo. I can get these wheels. Yeah, I could put that less Volkswagen.
2: And then it's almost – it's crazy because, you know, you'll be like, oh, I want to buy all these parts. And then I'll just get them and be like, well, I can't work on my car now because I have to work on steering wheels. Okay. But I'm still like that. Like, nine, yeah. ten years later, I'm still just buying car parts. Like, it's, it's what yeah. I want to do. So we we do well. I get all excited. We're doing great. And then some financial burden would hit. And so, so you know, long story short, it's been a long, long time coming, but you know what, nine, 10 years in, and I'm kind of starting to see some true stability, you know, um, mm. like my wife and I, we bought our, our first house. We kind of went big. Uh, we're in North Mississippi. So let's just say land is cheap compared to a lot of areas. Um, and, and here we're able to get a good sized house, you know, like lands cheap buildings cheap. So we went ahead, we were like, let's do it right. Everything in my life is a project, you know, my business, my cars, uh, now the property, uh, that I (laughs) live on. And so I didn't want my house to be a fixer upper. Right. So, so even when we bought our house, when we closed on it, which is a pretty long process if you've never bought a house. Um and people are like, "Oh, buying a house can be scary." The year I bought my house and closed on it and we had to get out of our rental property at the time was the scariest, shittiest life year of my life oh it seemed because we were like tanking financially. Uh, a lot of other companies are starting to do the things that we are doing. So we we're seeing like delusion in the industry yeah. just for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I had more guys on staff that I wasn't able to properly manage. And and, and we weren't seeing like the productivity for our – we weren't seeing the return off of all of our expenses and our input time. So um, – and at the same time, I'm like closing on a house with my wife. so So we were freaking out and – um, and that's taken a long time. It's taken a lot of reform. That that era where I was trying to continue with Grip Royal, but also grow my home life, you know, and, and some stability at my house, you know, have a house and, yeah. and yeah. working towards something with, with uh, you know, my family. Um, it, it really pushed me to do some decisions and, you know, I had to cut some staff. I had to uh, stop some of my own uh pleasantries i had to really knuckle down you know i thought i was working as hard then as i did on the first year or two and i found myself kind of complacent and um and yeah it's just it's always a struggle you know you gotta you gotta constantly adapt um there's i think it's an amir song and he says something along the lines of like once you once you've got the game all figured out that's when they changed it or they'll change the game as soon as you figure it out something along yeah. those lines so uh that's which so you know just like the music yeah. industry i think that was in the song he's kind of implying um like handing out pat he's he's like talking about handing out flyers in the cold for a show because you don't do that now you don't yeah. if you're a yeah. band you don't go print paper flyers and go hand them out on the street right. you know that's that's a struggle that bands today will not really have <laughs> to you know go through um but that's just it bands who did before they had to go through that struggle but it doesn't matter you you have to adapt and change you have to adapt with time and technology and same thing for us you know is constant adaptation and um learning learning while i'm going i'm just yeah. a car dude you know yeah and now i know a little bit about business i know a little bit about marketing i know about graphics design i know about laser etching i know about anodizing acrylic casting you know like so many different things yeah just because when i hit one of those hurdles i didn't wait you know or let wait for someone else to figure it out or even you know when i was kind of complacent and we had to make a lot of changes that was what i had to do was sit back and say you know what? Like, no one's gonna do it for you, man. Like either you're gonna watch this ship sink or you thought you were working hard. Well, it I guess now you work twice as hard. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, so and, and and it started to it's starting to come around. So so anyone who's like, oh man, having a company is easy, it's not. And I had I had someone that was one of my, you know, at the time Mentors, someone who's influenced me—that was a, a older enthusiast that I worked for fifteen years ago. Um, he owned a business that I have worked, uh, you know, a labor position at, and I remember him telling me, "You think you want to run your own business, but it's, you know, it's not all what everybody thinks." And that was so true, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Props to any small business owner. You know, or or any small business where everyone who works is truly involved yeah. Your your input affects the business on a daily, you yeah. know, um, and, and people don't recognize that. Even if you're not the owner, if you're an employee, you guys you guys are working towards something that has a lot of passion behind it and we'll, you'll get a lot of passion out of it, but it's going to take as equally as much work as your passion is. Uh, which is not fun, you know. <laughs> the passion's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. The labor and the thought process, the mental and physical endurance is the hard part, you know. And not everybody is willing to do all of that at the same time. So, mm. and and it gets hard. You you kind of lose passion the more it becomes work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a hard struggle too. You know, I had my little era too where I was like, man, fuck guys. Anymore. like like just straight up like i was just like man everybody who hits us up asks the same questions i'm just fucking sick of it and and that was for me to figure out you know and that's i'm sure every every person who's building a business and learning as they're going is you know you just have to adapt and change so
4: yeah
2: Um, well like
3: my dad my dad always taught me you got to celebrate the victories you know what i mean like you literally have to step back and just find them because sometimes yeah, it it's not yeah. obvious. You know what I mean? You have to kind of like review. You know who's really good at that is uh, Noah from Funk Fashion. Like he is, he's yes. Very good at recognizing his own achievements, and he posts them. I think more for him than for anybody else to like. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, to- yeah.
2: I knew yeah, exactly what that. you're talking
3: about. Yeah, you know, but, like, I mean, dude, S3 has been a struggle since day one. And I, I got to see if I can dig it up because I made a business plan, man. Like, when what? we bought S3, what? I had a business plan. The first issue, we were going to sell this much. The second, we were going to raise it by 25%. The third, another 25 We were going to oh, make man. millions by, like, year two. We were we yeah. on the
2: You know, and it's pretty ambitious plan. It sounds like it doesn't
3: (laughs) freaking happen like that. You know what I mean? And you're constantly cussing and you're frustrated. And, you know, we were battling the big media giants, the prime medias and the super streets and all those guys. The one by one they start falling. Well, it doesn't help uh you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. now you're battling the internet, you're battling the hoonigans or the, the donuts, yeah. and we love those guys, you know, like it's not a battle. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's always But you something. have to compete
2: for for attention. That's we right. have
3: we have always been the underdog, you know? But then you back up and you start looking at the victories and you're like, I love being the underdog. Like yeah, exactly. I exactly like, don't want to be the top dog like that's not fun
2: like I no, love because because they grow big and they lose the passion because yeah. they have a huge crew and they have people yeah. who are like that's not my job uh. the best flavors are the one you get from home well, yeah I mean
3: it's the same with s3 and grip Royal it's the ride like if you go back and you look at the last decade you're like hell yeah I'm exactly <laughs> where I want to be maybe I don't have a freaking you know, boat in my 10 car garage or something like that. But I also, most of, most of these guys out here, you know, have to put up with five days of their life every week just so they can have two that they enjoy. Like, yeah. that's not, that's not, don't live for the freaking weekend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. That's working to deal. retire. I would at the end of my run be sitting there as a little old man with dreads and a Hawaiian shirt. at some SEMA thing and be like, well, hell, you know, like it's been, it's been a hell of a run. We've had a good life. Every little facet of success has been awesome. Maybe we're not millionaires, but hey, you know, like. Yeah, yeah like as long a, as you're doing all right, you know. Job enjoyment counts for a lot to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't know. I think I've said it on some podcast before, but I've come to the conclusion that I would much, much, much rather drive my. 25 year old Pathfinder or little VTEC out Civic to the mountain bike park every day than sit in traffic in some stupid ass new luxury crossover. Like, right. that's not what I want yeah. to do.
2: You know? Yeah, so. it's like I don't have the freedom of really doing like you would think being like the business owner, you, oh, you can take off whenever you want, you can do whatever you want. No. Like I'm definitely putting in those five days a week to live for the weekend, but my days don't aren't separated like that, you know. Like, yeah, I like to work and I like yeah. to fulfill the duty for my clients and and to be quite honest, as active as I'm saying I am, and as much as I have to do physically and mentally at this point, if I wasn't doing this shit, dude, I would not be in the physical the. What little health I have, like, yeah. you know, this <laughs> stuff keeps me young. It keeps me moving and, yeah. and I want to move. I don't, it's yeah. not like a burden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I rarely wake up and say, I don't want to go to work. You know, I'm, I'm generally in early, stay late unless there's something, you know, exciting going on. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's sure. what I say. It's, it's, you know, I'm not, I don't wake up and dread going to work. That's a big, yeah. big thing. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's a that is a life changing daily occurrence that like most people don't realize that they hate getting up and going to work. You know, and and, and I think some people make it into their like later adult years before they finally realize that and start making changes. Yeah. Um. So as well, long sometimes as sometimes too it's late adult, at
0: that point. Do
2: that's what, the
0: other Sometimes it's too late when people realize that you know they're 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 working at the wrong place or they're living for the wrong reasons i mean it's it's too late to make that change and there's no amount of money that could you know make me wake up and hate my job i don't care what what the what the salary is if i gotta deal with that every day um that it's not worth it yeah yeah i ran into a situation
2: go ahead I was going to say, that's situation. like,
3: dang it, that always happens. <laughs> you know, it always ahead, happens. Go you got it. I'm, well, I was just going to say, crap, now I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say, that's the thing, you know, when we're talking to those 25-year-old kids that are at the crossroads of life, like, what, yeah. what am I going to hold on to? What am I going to stand for? That's the thing. You can F up when you're 25, and, like, you're like a cat. You'll fall on your feet. You can always go get another job real quick, but like as you get older and older it gets harder to break the chains you know what i mean and yeah. and and change like if you're 40 you got 20 15 20 years of like career that like habit you've built up you know yeah. that's when these people become the well you know i can't i can't do that and i got to do this it's like nah you know start start young like follow if you chase your dreams young, you develop habits so like you won't let yourself fail. I mean, even if S3 tanked right now, I would it, it only tanks when you quit. And I'm yeah. just not going to quit. And if it did, if somebody just said no more, I'm still going to find something else rad to do because that's what I'm conditioned to do now. I'm yeah. not ever going to be like, oh, I better cut my hair and buy a suit and make a resume <laughs> and go <laughs> sell insurance or something. No, that's not. You know, like I can't. I'm too screwed. Like yeah. I am in it now. You know what I mean? Like I have no. I think no... that's why some people tap their
2: faces because they're like, there's no going back now.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like my yeah. dad said, burn the ships. You know, you got to, it's some, whatever, look it up. I don't remember the details, but basically <laughs> a long, long time ago, there was like a general and they sailed across the sea, right? And they got someplace and they were going to conquer it. You know, they were going to like overtake the enemy. And so when they got there, he burned all the ships and said, we're here now. Yes, we're you staying win. here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you better not lose. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, what the hell were you going to say, Hunter?
1: I was just going to say uh, a few years ago, I ran into a similar issue. I had just kind of got on board as an intern with S3. I was in college and I was working a construction job that I had to be there. I had to be there like, I don't remember, like five, six o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I was there four or five hours, then I would leave and go to class. And I would, dude, I was absolutely miserable. I made good money. Like, I made really good money as, like, an 18, 19-year-old. Whatever, I think I was 19. Um, But, like, I was miserable. Like, I didn't want to get up. By the time that I had gotten home, you know, you work in the heat, then you go to class, and so you're physically exhausted. Then you become mentally exhausted um, from class. So you'd come home, and then I would just be like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to work on my car. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go to sleep, right? So I'd come home exhausted. And then I would sleep, and then it'd be 10 o'clock, and I'm like, what What am I doing? Where am I going? And then I had this scary moment where I realized, you know, you hear about, dude, like, guys, like, I've, I've even heard my dad say this before. He's like, wow, like, the past 20 years have really flown by. And I, yeah. you know, that that kind of, it kind of stuck with me, like, why did it fly by? Why was it flying? Why were these 20 years flying by faster? then you know your childhood or something and then in the moment i i've remembered this vividly i woke up you know i hadn't done anything all day but work class and then went to sleep and and it, it clicked i was like the reason that they fly by is you get into a cycle where every single day the is the same. same
4: yeah
1: it's the same so you can't distinguish one day from the other because they're all the same and before you realize it 20 years like pass by because, like, it snuck on me that I had been working this construction job for a, for a year. And it felt like, you know, a couple of months. And it scared me. And, you know, but I, I kept... I think I was talking to my, my ex at the time. And I was like, something's not right, but I make too good of money to quit right now. And she was like, who fucking cares? Like, Well, see, that's,
2: the- that's where when you get older, like Wooly was saying... When you get older, and, and Willie, I forgot that you're 40, bro. You keep using 25 and saying kid. Most people at 25 <laughs> at this point probably have some direction as to where they're going, you know, some thoughts yeah. into it. The difference in the variation of people at 25 and younger would apply to what you're saying, Hunter, is you, you're working and the days are just flying by, but when you get stuck in a position like that and you have a kid, and then you have, yeah. uh, let's say, education debt, and then your spouse has education debt, and then you have rent, and you're feeding more mouths than your own. That like piles up that's when people are like, yeah. "I'm stuck because I have to yeah, have this good money," you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, luckily, like like Wooly and I, we've we've kind of been doing this so long. Like like you said, Wooly is like you're accustomed to this lifestyle. This is your norm. And you, if you felt were having like, let's just say you have like two so shit years that you thought S3 is going to tank. It's not going to provide your family and you with lively your livelihood cannot continue right. with this. You're going to pursue something that has interests or like uh, a workplace yeah. style that is suitable for the way you want to work. You're not going to sacrifice that even if you have to abandon this ship because you're, you're set in that way. If you get yeah, stuck right. in a job that you hate and you end up with all this responsibility and no disrespect to those guys, because people yeah. who do have all those responsibilities and yeah. are willing to handle those responsibilities. I mean, that's pretty much life, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, th- but that, but I see where people would get stuck because they acquire more and more responsibility and next thing you know that that solid paycheck that health insurance those things are important and the older you get the more you need health insurance the more you need right. those extra things like me right now thank goodness my wife's a teacher because I wouldn't have insurance Grip Wolf can't insurance like You know, so luckily we're in our spouses are in a position where, you know, that helps the family. And that's kind of just like, you know, once once you you have multiple people, you're you're sharing your finances. You're also sharing your debts, your expenses, you know, Your, your kids are basically. Not contributing in any way at all <laughs> and consuming more of your time. So, like, not only do you have less time, you know, less money, less food, or or require more of those, but you also have less time because you need to spend it with that person who's dependent on you. So, yeah, um, so yeah man, make those decisions while you're young. Anybody who listens to this, you know, go for those goals while you're young and push hard because it's not easy. That's right. why everyone doesn't work a job like that you know it's not easy it is easy to walk in somewhere and do the hours that they tell you to do when you run your own business you have to determine am i doing a 14 hour day today or (laughs) a 10 hour day today because normally the eight hour day is not going to cut it it's going to keep me just as behind as i was yesterday you know So if you, if, you're, if you start a lawn business at 18, you and two buddies, and you pick up six clients, and you've got one per day, that's not going to feed all three of you. You've got to stop after the job of the day. You've got to go find more clients. But yeah. if you don't, then that business isn't going to exist after a while. And you guys probably won't be friends anymore either. So. <laughs> right. True. Yeah, man, that's. That's very true, and the money will be good in places. But you know, if you hate going there, then try and find money somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. like
1: like what like, like Willie said. Like if you're miserable going to work, you know that eighty thousand dollar truck isn't going to make it any better. You're still going to hate being in it on the way to that job.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah.
1: Yep, so, <laughs> yeah, you know. But, oh yeah, uh, it'll
2: make you sick whenever you're. Falling behind on payments too, like you know, that's, <laughs> so that's that whole uh, keeping up with the was it keeping up with the Joneses? Like, is that the phrase? Keeping up I with the so. yeah Joneses? Keep, like keeping up you. with trying to keep up socially or uh, economically with the people around you. Well, Atlanta's bad about
3: that, man. Atlanta is a city of consumption. You know what I mean? It's a city where everybody's sitting in traffic looking over at what kind of car the other person's sitting in. It's a city of black and gray dumbass luxury sports cars and yeah. and, and, and and crossovers and it's just like, hates
2: crossovers apparently. Dude, I hate yeah.
3: black cars with chrome grills and they all look the same and they're all got paddle shifters and
2: they're all like that's Atlanta, all Atlanta where, Mercedes
3: yes you <laughs> a mod at your window tent and you sit in traffic in your Mercedes or your Q whatever the hell infinity's calling it now and that's yeah
2: yeah but me. you know it's like you know, those are nice cars and I'm not gonna say that I wouldn't drive one or have one it's not really my personal interest and they're far outside of my budget that I don't even have any interest in them <laughs> but, you know that's just like, you know, d- don't put yourself in a hole. And I've done that. I'm guilty of that. Like I've chased things that were outside of my budget or that friends had, even subconsciously, you don't even realize you do it. Um, I've had that's another thing. I've had friends who have solid jobs, and they don't hate them. so don't 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 take this also as, you know anybody who's yeah. you know, younger, or we keep saying younger, but like it could just be somebody who's like, man, I'm fucking sick of this job. I like hearing what these guys have to say. Don't don't chase some business that you have to create. Maybe join forces with somebody else that right. already yeah. has a good idea, needs structure. Um, but <laughs> or maybe just go find another job in your industry or that your profession or your skill set has already allotted for. And just, you know, you don't have to be stuck with it. if you don't like your coworkers, go find somewhere that has better coworkers. Right. Because right. I've had friends who have great day jobs, but then they buy nice stuff. And I find myself being like, well, I play with a lot of money because I have a lot of money coming in and going out, but it's not really my money to spend. So, like, I have caught myself being like, oh, I need to get one of those. And I'm pretty bad. I'm an impulse buyer, I like mod that- stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, that's it's, it's very easy awesome. when you like the mod stuff to be like, "Oh man, I can make this better." <laughs> What's <laughs> another fifty
3: dollars, you know? Magazines is like terrible about that because you know it takes a lot of money to produce a magazine. So I'm constantly just like, "Thank you, advertisers." There you go, <laughs> yep.
2: yeah, yeah, never- yeah. You take that money, you're like, and it's gone. <laughs>
3: a couple coins fall out, and that's what we get to keep. Yeah, but yep. like. It is like that, because every once in a while if it all hits right, you're like, oh dang, we could oh yeah, it's
2: not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh no, no, wait, that's right. The bill <laughs> yeah. hits tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. it's so funny because that's I think why bigger companies have so many employees. That's why they have like an accounts department, because they people also don't like to hear that. You know, like you don't like to work somewhere and get paid ten dollars an hour and then mm-hmm. learn that the job you just did Paid out $2,000.
4: Right.
2: The job that you worked on. The customer paid $2,000. People as employees don't like to hear that. However. You don't know how much. The overhead of that job. You know really. Really profited. You know the, yeah. the return on the investment. It's like you as an employee. Could go work somewhere and get that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. If you hear that mm-hmm. information. But then at the same time. You're not. If you've never worked in management or the accounting at a place, you know, or, or maybe just been close in close proximity with the business owner, um, you're not probably considering how much the overhead of the company existing is, you know. Right. Um, so it's kind of like that's what's crazy about being a small business. Like you just said, you see all the numbers. You're like, yeah. damn, that's a lot of money, <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, no, because it costs a lot of money to do this volume. You yeah. know, when yeah. you're you're not printing five magazines, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. you're printing mass amount, and when when you pay that bill, it reflects that, right. you know. So, <laughs> yes, it does. Yep. That's just another one of those small business kind of things you learn with time you know i'm sure at some point you had money in the account and were like <laughs> we can buy this Sounds sounded like when you guys first started it was like we're all getting bikes and riding in the basement
3: <laughs> no yeah they were absolutely like salvation army bikes yeah <laughs> but whatever sure but yeah no i feel yeah i, I feel all of that um, I have a question. Where did the name Grip Royal come from?
2: Not really. It's kind of just playing off words and. Uh, nah, it's stuck, you know? Really? Yeah.
3: That's cool. I've always thought that was like one of the cooler names in this whole stinking industry. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. I it, didn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and the logo is actually designed by uh, Zach Wolf, which was one of the first that was my first employee for grip royal. and um, and he designed that logo. He had gone to school for graphics design and was having a hard time finding a job in graphics design with yeah. a four year degree. and yeah. um and he was working like just just doing more like laborist jobs. And um, and when I started Grip Royal, I was like, man, you know, I need, I need help. I need another person that was still at my dad's house. Like, he was coming mm-hmm. to my dad's house to work every day. And yeah. um, and he designed that logo, man, and we still use it to this day. And he's like, that's my most successful free work I've ever put out. Like, yeah. Really? Which, Which awesome. I mean, it wasn't technically free. He had a job for a while. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, that's, that's cool. Like, I mean,
3: I inherited... S3, which was originally speed, style, and sound, and yep. I've always been like, eh. But, you know, it's what we inherited. It already had a name, but...
2: Yeah, you know. and it sticks. It goes, the S3 logo, like, I always like it. I've never been like, in which I've known the roots of the name, but, like, I've never told somebody about it and then be like, what's that stand for? You know? Like,
4: <laughs> and people well, just know something. the name.
2: It just is yeah. that name, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah.
1: I find myself uh, going back to how I originally um, heard of Grip Royal, because, I mean, obviously, I'm a lot younger. I'm 22. Um, I came up, you know, later um, and I came up in the scene, at least the event scene, not like local car stuff. I always did that, but getting interested in bigger events and stuff like that through YouTube and YouTubers. So the first time that I ever heard of Grip Royal was from a dude named Adam LZ who had his on, own line of Grip Royal wills. Now, how did that come in? Because you don't seem like, you know, talking to Scott, he doesn't seem like a very youtube kind of guy. So where does Adam come oh. into the picture?
2: Uh, ironically, it's from Greg. So <laughs> Greg... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greg worked at Injuku at that time. I think what, he worked there for like one year. I think yeah. he was down in Florida for about a year. And um, and I guess LZ being in Florida went and yeah. did like a shop tour at Injuku. And I think that's like where he bought the wheel. That's I think that's where he got his first grip royal, And I guess he was shooting the shit with Greg. And Greg was like, oh, yeah, like. That's my buddy Scott. He was those weird things, clothes. and next thing I know, he's ca- Greg calls me. He's like, "Hey, I got this guy Adam in here. He's this big YouTuber, real nice guy. We're hooking him up. Uh, he's doing an episode in the shop. He just bought a wheel. He wants to make his own edition and sell it. And and I'm like, "Off oh, anything for you, Greg? You know, thinking <laughs> it's just one. And and I don't really know who he was, like." i don't watch youtube because i'm trying to build a company yeah. And, yeah. and if i'm watching youtube it's gonna be like to learn stuff like that or or something that i'm assembling it's not i didn't have the time to like learn about bike tricks and and like follow people you know right so right, right. um it was you know there's so much information out there i'm not bashing it or anything i just if you're busy you're busy um and yeah greg hit me up and it basically connected me with adam And Adam loved the wheel. He ran it. We made him some custom ones. And then that was pretty much it, man. I mean, because that guy's business is blossoming and and has been since we've been working with him. You know, I don't don't really uh, communicate with him that much. I mean, he's so active and has such a large staff of his own. So um, really nice guy. I've met him a handful of times, hung out with him. He bought plenty of steering wheels from us. And uh, and resold them, which was super supportive. Like like how you learned about us, so many other people did because Adam liked the wheel he got from us, and we were so easy to work with, you know. And and I'm very grateful for that because he's a businessman. Yeah, he really is, you know. And 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 the numbers don't lie. Like that dude has a bigger following than probably anyone I'm aware of on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that was, it's pretty cut and dry, you know, real simple. So did
1: you notice, did you notice a large impact on your company, um, from him starting to run your wheel?
2: Oh, I would say so. Absolutely. Um, what was, what was really cool is that he bought his own inventory and resold it, you know? So like anytime you've bought a LZ grip Royal wheel, you have to buy it from their website,
4: okay. not yeah. from
2: us. So um, so that's really helpful for us, too, because he basically would wholesale. place large old orders. You know, yeah. uh, we're not doing like making them to order and selling them one by one. Like we'd make a large amount because he was confident in you know the turnaround time of higher quantity, mm-hmm. which even outside of those customers who wanted to support him, you know, I think he has more fans that, like, wanted that wheel to support him, not so much us. Uh, I think they were, uh, you know, maybe knew about us, maybe learned about us. Um, but even outside of that, just, like, the exposure from his episodes um, and him kind of, like, talking about us from time to time, uh, very, very helpful for us. You know, just, just because, once again, we're such a small company, I, I had uh, Prakash running media for one year, but I just, I had to cut back, you know, it, it yeah. wasn't in the cards for me to grow and have full-time media guys. So I don't really get to create, I don't create commercials and, and, uh, which is ironic because I'm supposed to film some stuff tomorrow for a commercial like filler, but like, You know, I'm not in front of the camera, I'm not working in camera, uh, I'm not focusing on marketing in that manner, so it's very helpful to me as a small business owner to have people who are, you know, already doing that, that are willing to work with us. So it's kind of like, you know, it lifts both parties to work together, Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that from Adam. Um, Yeah. And and then on top of that, what's really cool is now that I'm kind of late to the punch, but like on sim racing, like on Assetto Corsa and stuff, all these dudes have made these cars and his cars included. And I I don't think that so many people that game in drift would be aware of Grip Royal if it wasn't for him specifically. Um and so when I jumped on Assetto Corsa, I download all these like car packs, which are they're fan-based it's not like opening forza it's not you know all the cars are loaded in the game these are like fan-made packs that you you manually add to the game and you get right, in the right. in the game and the steering wheels are grip royals like that's dope. I mean, it's crazy in really yeah, you have a you have a wheel in hertz car
1: in forza though don't you
2: yes yeah that's and, Oh, and so I was playing Forza, like, religiously. Like, every day I was putting in a solid two hours minimum on Forza. Uh, and I've played Forza since Forza 1. I've played it on original Xbox all the way up to the current That's games. Yeah. And, um, and when they scanned in all the Hoonigan cars and did that, like, I downloaded the pack right away just because it was Hertz car. You know, I was like, I didn't know my wheel was going to be in it. But huh. then I opened it up, and I play in car, and I'm like – Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and then that's there treat, forever, man. You know, people are hitting us up and they're they kind of assume. I had friends like people hit me up, like, man, you must have got paid a lot of money to have that in there. Like, no, not really. They just scanned his car in, and uh, and you know, that's that's where like the big business kind of stuff comes out versus being a small company. I get to make these decisions. From the hip you know i just shoot yeah. from the hip give it my gut instinct and run with it you know and maybe that's really bad for business as willie said maybe i'm not good at making business decisions uh maybe maybe it's great you know maybe i could have gotten paid a lot maybe they would have just dropped all our logos from the wheel if i tried <laughs> to do it legally More you know money, yeah. um yeah and and that's kind of like the thing like i was like meh Fuck it, I'm not worried about it because I play Forza and this shit is dope, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was like like we spoke on early earlier, and Wooly said you gotta play, you gotta give yourself those victories, you know. Yeah. And for me, that was like I had no clue that was gonna happen. I didn't see anything from it ex- except exposure. But for me, I looked at my wife when it happened, and I was like, my brand is in a video game that I play and it is embedded for like the rest of time you know? yeah it's there forever yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I would be in tears like that's so cool it was very cool and, and then once again like I'm late to the punch but I open Assetto I download all these cars which was being like a first time PC gamer like it took me a while to kind of figure things out and it was a lot of setup compared to console gaming and I was like ripping my hair out with aggravation and then i load i load a car and it's got a damn grip wheel steering wheel in it and i was like you know i know these are fan-made cars so there's really? no one to, i'm not i don't i'm not gonna legally pursue someone because they use my logo i do have it trademarked though so i don't try and use it but <laughs> but no like for real you know that's just cool it's a cool factor and i play this game and how fucking cool is it for me to go bust my ass all day and then to come home and fire this thing up and see my, someone thought my shit was cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Someone was yeah. like, Grip Royal is cool. We got to make sure we take the extra time to make it look like a Grip Royal wheel. And yeah, <laughs> and because it's not like, our, it's not, not like just designers. like Photoshop.
1: Yeah, it's not like Photoshop or anything like that. It, this is like a simulation video game that they have gone through the effort of designing your wheel into. Like, it's so crazy. It's awesome. That's awesome.
2: It's awesome. I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in my sim, like, rig right now, uh, so that I didn't wake up my niece who lives with us. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, it's cool. Like, I have an actual gripper wheel on my setup, and then on the game is the same damn thing. <laughs> That's dope, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's no. just, it's just too cool, man. And it makes me, it, it, you know it just all comes full circle once again it's just it's a victory yep. like
4: yeah. it's, it's yep.
2: a reason to be excited about what i do because somewhere some dude who's really good at 3d modeling you know for video games was messing around probably up for a week and he was like took the time to put that in there you know yeah. and that's he obviously liked grip World enough to include it in his artwork And I thought that
4: was that was pretty cool, you know. So, I like that. I like
2: that. It is what it is. It is what
0: it is. Well, dude. I mean, they're looking. They're looking more wild every day. I mean, uh, mad respect to you, homie. You like reinvent this every single day. When I saw you like started getting to the etching stuff. I've seen some of these etching like wheels. I've seen some of the, like, like the trophy wheels that that you make. Yeah. They get wild, man. <laughs> I mean, and, and I don't see anything else like it. So mad crazy respect to you, dude.
2: Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, in a full circle that you just mentioned, way before S three. Like, um, I had just bought a Miata. And I bought a Grip Royal Wheel for it. I was like fresh out of high school, and uh, like I, you know, I was like, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel, and I'm gonna be huge because my Miata is awesome. (laughs) And 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 I I did a Grip Royal Wheel install like video, and in the video, um, you know, I'm like I go, I take, I unbox it. And I think it's still on YouTube. You could actually go watch it if you wanted. Please don't. It's really cringy. But I'm like, I'm like, you know, this is, like this is a really awesome product. You know, I hope one day I might could even have my own grip Royal wheel. And then fast forward years later, not only do we have our custom S3 wheel that's in my S13. But I'm sitting on a podcast with the founder of Grip <laughs> yeah. Royal. It's crazy yeah. how life works that way, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I you, uh, I've had one – well, before the Jeep that I just bought, I've had one car all my life. And it's got my first ever Grip Royal, the wood with gloss with the with the silver. And I've taken that thing – in my office at my first like office job, I've got this <laughs> – this guitar holder or guitar hanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mounted that in my office, and every time I'd park it, I'd take my wheel off and hang it in my office. And the looks I would get
2: from Yeah, walking me. down the hallway with the steering wheel in your hand.
0: Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> i would always, I mean, it's, I still got, and it's, I mean, I've had it forever. It's got, like, little chips in it, but, like, that wheel is my heart and soul. I mean, now that I drive the Jeep more, I still have the Grip Royal wheel in my Jeep, and I take it really, off. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, not like on my Jeep. I have it oh, inside my Jeep. Just cuz
2: like I, I keep it in the back. It's 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 good to keep around.
0: Yeah. So that's that's my that's my little pride and joy that I've had for a long time. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. That respect.
1: Well, cool. anyways, guys, I think we've been going like pushing like an hour 40. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but it's been a great. Well, it's cool. Thank the you.
2: first twenty five minutes don't count. It's all music. <laughs> this true. Music true. true. Hey, if if you're, still,
1: <laughs> if you're one of the three people that besides my parents are all of our parents listening to this, uh, <laughs> let us know if you actually like the music talk because I mean I enjoyed it. But um, anyways, thank you Scott for taking the time to join us this late at night. Um, it means a lot to us. We love Grip Royal, you know. Um, but. Once again we are s3 magazine he is Scott you can find him on in- Instagram at what is it Scott underscore grip royal or
2: grip Royal it? underscore Scott
1: but royal just go to just
2: that. go to at grip royal yeah. okay
1: Don't uh, grip at- royal on Instagram <laughs> what's your what website grip royalcom grip royal.com. That's it. <laughs> s3 magcom for us check us all out thank you guys for joining us we will see you next time
0: Scott. Appreciate it, buddy.
2: Thanks, guys.